If Buildings Could Talk is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Now offering video visits so you can take control of your orthopedic care from the comfort of your home. Schedule online at orthocarolina.com. Ortho Carolina, you improved. If buildings could talk, what would they say? What does the building stand for, literally and figuratively? Hear the stories behind our buildings and how the design of these places positively impacts the lives of individuals and the success of our city. Welcome to If Buildings Could Talk, hosted by John Commison and Kelly Thompson. We have the opportunity to help families access services that they need that may help support their economic growth promote health and well-being for them, really having a positive impact on the communities in which they live as well. It's a one-stop shop for resources and opportunity, but it's also the birthplace of my professional career here in Charlotte, North Carolina. Once an anchor to Charlotte's west side retail scene, Freedom Mall now serves a very different purpose for Charlotte Mecklenburg residents. Known as the Valerie C. Woodard Center, this recently renovated facility is a place for new beginnings a place to help those in need. We'll hear from a director of the Department of Community Resources and an Army veteran who uncovered the benefits of having so many community services all under one roof. What would the Valley Woodard say if she could talk? I think if the building could talk, she would say, thank you so much for that fantastic makeover you gave me and giving me a new lease on life. And oh, by the way, after all that work you did on me, I think even the neighborhood feels better now. Well, I think the, the building would say, what an amazing life I've had. I started out as a shopping mall. Now my overall life expectancy is probably going to exceed 100 years. Uh, provide a beautiful, welcome, and safe environment for the employees and visitors. Hey, everybody. I'm John Commison. And I'm Kelly Thompson. And we're your hosts for If Buildings Could Talk. Today, we're gonna to be learning about how an underutilized shopping mall was transformed into a center for community services for the citizens of Mecklenburg County. Freedom Mall was built in 1964 and for decades served as the retail hub on the west side of Charlotte. In the early 2000s, the mall had high vacancy and was really a shell of its former self. But now transformed into the Valerie Woodard Center, we'll talk to those involved in planning and designing the renovation, as well as to those who deliver and receive services there. Everyone heard from our first two guests at the top of the episode with their thoughts of what the facility would say. Mark Hahn is the Director of Asset and Facility Management for Mecklenburg County in Charlotte. Mark is a licensed architect and has over 30 years of experience in the design and construction of government projects. And Mary Sullivan is Senior Project Manager for Workplace Interiors at Little, and she was the Project Manager for the Valerie Woodard Center Project. Mark, let's, let's start with you. Today, shopping malls are regularly being repurposed into other uses, but this was an idea that was kind of ahead of its time. What was the need that the county had and how did it come about that Freedom Mall was acquired by the county? 
Yeah, so um, back at that time, this is back in 2004, uh, the county had been contemplating selling the Hal Marshall Center uh, over on North Tryon, as well as Walton Plaza and Second Ward. So we were looking for a place to relocate county staff that were already in those facilities. Those, those uh, sites were being sold for you know, redevelopment because they're uptown and they're underutilized and low density. And so we wanted to find some place where we could contribute to the community and maybe incent develop around us. And one of the commissioners actually at the time uh, had suggested Freedom Mall and the area, the Freedom Drive corridor at the time was kind of a fragile area, a lot of vacant buildings, a little bit run down. So that was, that was where we looked. The idea was to consolidate our services there from those other two locations and, and hopefully incent development around us. That sort of starts talking about a vision uh, that you had. So kind of, can you talk about that a little bit more about your overall vision for the property and how did that evolve over the years? Sure. So, um, I mean, one thing that we were looking at was, was the development along the corridor. So at that time, uh, at the uptown end of Freedom Drive, you were starting to see quite a bit of multifamily development, new development, which was exciting. So our thought, though, was that if we could develop on the other end near I-85, maybe the two ends, you know, could come together and there'd be development in the middle that we could incent that. So that was part of the vision. On the actual site, uh, something interesting occurred with, with the, the program for the building. Originally, we moved in on the, renovated the two ends where we had vacant big box retail. And then the, re, the, the, the mall that was 55% occupied continued to stay occupied at that time. Then when we wanted to go ahead and uh, renovate the middle where the, the mall was, the indoor mall, uh, the recession hit. So we had to kind of back up a little bit. Then in 2014, we did a new facilities master plan for the entire county, and a new concept came up uh, regarding health and human services delivery uh, model to their customers. And the idea was you know, to kind of consolidate health and human services and put the services out where the people are, where they could best access those services. So Freedom Mall, or the Valerie Woodard Center became the first pilot project for a community resource center. And I won't go into that much because uh, Yolanda Griffin will talk more about it later, but that was how it evolved throughout time and became a little bit different than what it was before, really more transformative. Right. So who was Valerie Woodard or who is Valerie Woodard? Valerie Woodard was a, a, a much loved uh, county commissioner at the time uh, from the West side and uh, she passed back, um, I don't remember the exact date, I think it was in, in, in probably the mid 2008, 2009 in that area. And uh, so we named the building after her in honor of her memory. Uh, that's, that's a very nice tribute. Uh, Mark, you were an early advocate for sustainable design in this region and you mandated lead certification for county projects over a certain size. Most people know, but uh, LEAD is an acronym for leadership in energy and environmental design. And now it's widely used rating system that provides a framework that is aimed at achieving greater energy efficiency as well as responsible material usage. So again, you were kind of ahead of the curve on that. Can you tell us about 
how you made that decision to have that be a county policy. And did you get widespread support from the county commission and others when you did that? Yes, uh, actually, we had an environmental leadership policy at the time, and uh, every department that had a role in um, protecting the environment and sustainability sort of contributed to that policy. So uh, my department uh, wanted ahead and, and, and created a policy where for every building that was over $2 million in construction value, we would uh, seek a lead rating. So for this particular project, we really wanted to use LEED as a framework to bring our consulting architects and engineers together to create that sustainable design as, as a place to start. And that's worked really well. I'd say to the point that the industry now kind of does it just, just by routine design, if you will. So we pursued a, a LEED silver rating and, and achieved that rating. We're very excited about that. Uh, a couple, just a few examples of, of features of the building that are a little unusual that, that came out of that were uh, underfloor air distribution where the HVAC is supplied from under the floor of a cavity, if you will. Um, we have daylighting in the building that uh, the artificial lights on the inside respond to. They, they dim down where there's enough daylight outside. We have um, ice storage banks that are used to cool the refrigerant during the daytime so that your chillers run at night and that spreads out the electrical load so that your peak demand is not as high. So those are just a few of the features among the many that, that we implemented out there. Do you feel that the LEED program has improved the quality of design and responsible operation of buildings? Oh yeah, no, no question about it. You know, there needed to be a framework to, to that everybody could rally around and, and take sustainability forward. And that's what LEED became and, and still is today to some respect. So yeah, th 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 that was really the, the perfect thing to use that everybody could get around. There are other, other systems that people use, but having some kind of framework that everyone can integrate with is, is key. Sounds like this project was quite an undertaking. Um, Mary Mark just touched on so much as it relates to the programming of the space and lead. Tell us um, a little bit about the design and what were the biggest challenges on the project? Well, by its very nature, a shopping mall is focused inwards. So when you approach the site, when it was a shopping mall, there were very few windows the parking lot was just an expansive pavement. Um, so we needed to address that as well as the very deep floor plates. And as Mark touched on, we, we put in a lot of skylights. Um, it was made a little harder because the county, if, if you remember Mark, you guys had just uh, replaced the roof. So we, we put skylights into a newly replaced roof. We had to, uh, had to make sure we maintained that integrity but that was critical to get daylight into those deep floor plates and to um, put windows around the building as much as possible. Um, we just needed to make sure everybody had access to daylight and views and, um, and, and it was very successful in that regard. I never really thought about, you know, kind of going from a shopping center to a workspace like that and understanding how the natural light fills in and, and what that might mean to the visitors. Do you feel like you achieved what you set out to do in the very beginning? 
Absolutely. Uh, we did face a lot of resistance from the groups who were targeted to move out there. Uh, they were coming from enclosed environments and lots of offices, and we knew that we could provide a better environment for them. Uh, we, we saw the vision of these big open spaces with daylight and views and collaborative spaces. Uh, and when they did move in, uh, they, they truly enjoyed it. And as we understand it, a lot of um, employees have, have asked to be reassigned to that facility. Thinking about the people who are visiting, who are coming to the Valerie Woodard Center for Services, how did you really evaluate and understand the design, knowing that the folks coming here are perhaps facing hardships? Um, how, how does the space respond to that? Well, we, we do recognize that very few people come to this facility for a good reason. Um, it's, it's usually a problem that drives them to, to their visit. And to that same extent, the staff, the employees working there have very difficult jobs. Uh, one of the big impacts um, that we had was maintaining a very secure environment. And it's kind of hard to balance a secure environment and safety while you're also promoting a welcoming atmosphere. But, but I believe that we struck that balance. Um, we, we keep the public interactions in a certain area we keep the staff work areas in a place where visitors have very little or no access, but you don't realize that there's this, this uh, security aspect going on. I think it's an invisible thing for the visitors as they come to the facility. For those of us that aren't in the business of design or architecture, I do feel like materials play such an integral role and in, in how you feel as well. Were there certain materials or colors or things that you really used that um, were on the more comforting side for folks that were visiting? Well, we, we knew that this was going to be a facility designed for a long duration. I, I believe that initially we talked about it being a 50 year um, project, you know, that this would, would stay there. So we didn't want it to become dated with trends or anything like that. We kept a lot of neutrals. We kept a lot of white and bright light colors uh, with pops of color so that it, you didn't get exhausted with, with too much going on at any given time. Um, additionally, we, we selected the materials thinking about durability, sustainability, trying to get um, things that, that had a lot of recycled content or other sustainable factors. And it also had to be cost effective. We're going to take a little break right now, but we'll be right back with our next guests. At Ortho Carolina, personalized orthopedic care goes beyond my appointment. Accessible, comprehensive, and compassionate. It's my care, my way. Schedule your appointment today at orthocarolina.com. Wash your hands, avoid sick people, and touching your face. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Visit cdc.gov COVID-19. Brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Get ready. Broadway is returning to Charlotte. Blumenthal Performing Arts has an incredible selection of upcoming hits, including the returns of Hamilton and Wicked. 
plus the long-awaited Charlotte debut of Disney's Frozen and many more fan-favorite musicals and plays. Season tickets are on sale now at bloomwithallarts.org slash Broadway. At Ortho Carolina, my personalized orthopedic care begins with the click of a mouse because online scheduling saves me time. Ortho Carolina, my care, my way. Schedule your appointment today at orthocarolina.com. If the Valerie C. Woodard Center could talk, I think she would say, if you're worried about running around all over town, the access to county services and community-based organizations that you need to support yourself and your family, please don't fret. I am here for you right in the county where you live. At the Valerie Woodard Building could talk, I, th- I believe it would say that it's a one-stop shop for opportunities and resources. It's a place where you can come up there and you can learn some things. And you can also find some place where you can develop as a leader or as a person. And then you just, it's already there in one stop. We just heard from our next guest, Yolanda Griffin, who is the director of Mecklenburg County's Department of Community Resources, and Trent Hobbs, who has served eight years of combat service with the U.S. Army and has later come to utilize the Charlotte Works and Veteran Services at the Valerie Woodard Center. Terrence, I can't wait to, to hear your story. Um, let's start with Yolanda real quick. Yolanda, um, tell us a little bit about your role with the, with the county and at the center. In my role as Director of Department of Community Resources, I have the privilege of leading several different departments and uh, programs and areas that support uh, individuals who are accessing services. That includes child support services, unified workforce development, as well as the community resource center. What else is happening or what other services are happening at the Valerie Woodard Center? Well, the county offers a wide array of services at um, the Valerie C. Woodard Center. Um, From everything to the tax collector and tax assessor, uh, the board of elections, community support services, which houses homelessness services, uh, veteran services, and intervention and prevention services. We have some public health services, such as school health um, services, our Ryan White program as well. Environmental services is located there. Um, Not to mention the various services and programs offered under our Department of Social Services as well. So you can access multiple um, services at the center In addition, there are some uh, non-customer-facing county services located there, such as our um, information and technology area, our asset and facility management area as well, as well as a large conference center. Wow, that that is a one-stop shop. Um, Is is that typical of of how um, a county government would provide services to really bring them all together in one place? Is Is that a typical way to operate? From my experience, it's um, not really a typical way to operate, but I think our county manager had a wonderful vision of really bringing those services out to the communities in which our residents who access those services live. Um, And by doing that, we have the opportunity to overcome some of those barriers that prevent individuals from accessing the services they need, whether that be um, transportation, for example, uh, which is definitely a big one. 
um, within our community resource center, we also understand that sometimes um, childcare can be a barrier to individuals accessing services and actually uh, have the opportunity to offer that service within our center while customers are accessing services. With all of these services being offered, I, I can only imagine the impact that you are having on people's lives. What is your take on that? Like, what is the substantial difference that you are making in the community? I feel it's such um, an important opportunity that we're providing these services in communities in which individuals live that may sometimes actually be underserved communities. We have the opportunity to help families access services that they need that may help support um, their economic growth uh, promote health and well-being for them, as well as really having a positive impact on the communities in which they live as well. And so ultimately, by being able to provide these services, we are able to really see those outcomes that we want to help individuals achieve to really help them be able to thrive. Mary talked a little bit about kind of the space and the design of it. And obviously one of the goals was to make sure that the folks who work there are able to do their best work. Do you feel like the space enables you to do that? Absolutely. Um, we get a lot of comments about the space uh, at our Community Resource Center and we're located in Building A of the Valerie C. Woodard Center. Um, Mary spoke about the openness um, which is definitely a comment that we receive often. Um, the security measures that are put into place to ensure that our staff feel secure while they're doing their work, but also that the individuals that we serve feel secure. Um, additionally, just the placement of the various um, areas in which individuals work. We have our interview neighborhoods where you have glass walls and facing. So, you can really see what's happening there, um, the types of uh, desks and counters that are incorporated into the, the design are very um, important. Additionally, as far as the setup, one of the things that we utilize are kiosks, which allow us to not have any lines in our facility, which is something that's very comforting for um, the visitors that we have coming to see us for services, but it also, um, helps us as we're serving those customers where we have our navigators who are able to easily direct individuals within our lobbies and within our different areas. So the design definitely has a positive impact on the way that we're able to serve our um, customers. Trent, thanks for joining us today and thanks for your military service as well. You've utilized some services provided by the center. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to know about the center and its services? Oh, absolutely. And um, thank you all for having me here. Glad um, to have you. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll start with the end of my military career, which was in 2016. And um, I actually moved back home to Mississippi, where I'm from. Uh, met a beautiful woman, man. I got married in 2017, and the deal was if she married me, I could move wherever she wanted to. So she chose Charlotte, North Carolina. So we got here with um, a year's worth of money saved, no jobs. We actually took a leap of faith and took a chance, and we got here, found a place to live. And it was a struggle, to be honest with you. It wasn't uh, as quickly as happening as we thought we were because, you know, we had certain credentials and degrees and 
thought it would be okay. But we also learned that you also have to have a degree of uh, networking, which, you know, we had to realize. So um, my wife actually heard of the Charlotte Works here at the Valley Water Center. And, you know, she wanted to go check it out. So after one of our workouts, you know, she got all dressed up and everything. And I was still in sweatpants and stuff like that. And she went up there and ready prepared them to, you know, go up there and meet Mr. Mr. Earl Wright and, you know, find a job, find some resources. Um, but luckily, Mr. Wright, um, active as he is, came in the Computer Resource Center, which I was using to help work on my resume and just asking, does anybody look for a job? And I was like, well, yeah, I am, but I'm not really prepared for this right now. Can I come back later? And no, he's like, no, no, that's fine. That's fine. Um, I'm going to talk to your wife. And then after that, I want you to come to my office and we're going to talk too. And I tell you that that was, um, that was a different experience because um, he, he accepted me like as, a, as an individual as I was totally not prepared, but he saw that I was looking for opportunity and it was a resource that I could use. So with that being said, we was in the office and instantly he looking at my resume and he was like, okay, wow, you do have these credentials, you do have these degrees. Let me find something specifically for you. Let me not place you somewhere. Let me find some specific resources that can help you um, in your professional career here in Charlotte. So I spent time with him doing the, uh, uh, the resume building and the interview prepping. And I'll tell you, it, it really helped me out there. Um, additionally, I use the veteran service there, um, which is a big deal for a veteran just now getting out of the military because there's certain things that we have to deal with, like disability, compensation, um, finding a home, um, you know, and our benefits. And I'm telling you, when I say it's a one-stop shot, I've never been in a place where I could do a Charlotte Works, find, find a job, and also do my disability. And that was just very convenient, I tell you that. And, you know, those people, those VSOs, those veteran service officers there are great. The whole staff there is great. It seems like everybody's happy to work there. So, and I, I believe that it does have to do some of the building because, like Mary's saying, the colors are very inviting. Uh, they're very inviting. And the way in the structure that, you know, Yolanda was saying, the openness is, is inviting too. And you see, you know, me personally, I didn't use the child service, but you see people, you know, going there to use the resources and their child is being taken care of. They're, you know, the child's being watched and they're being able to concentrate. So, like I said, it's a one-stop shop for, you know, resources and opportunity, but it's also the birthplace of my professional career here in Charlotte, North Carolina. That, that's a pretty powerful statement. That's the birthplace of my career here in Charlotte, North Carolina. So Absolutely. I think for, you know, certainly for the, the county providing services to hear an endorsement like that must must feel pretty good. That's just great to hear and happy that you had such a, a wonderful experience there. Have you referred others to the center based on your experience there? Absolutely. As I continue to network because I don't, you know, using a resource, I actually landed a job with the Center for Potential Leadership was was great because that's my degree in, and that, that's, that just shows the direction that Mr. Wright helped me go through. And I, the people I meet now that's coming in and moving to Charlotte, friends, I'm saying, hey, go to the Charlotte Works. You know, I just had a, a friend come over, actually a guy come over yesterday and, you know, work on my uh, my air conditioning unit. And he's like, you're a veteran? I'm like, yeah, I am. And he's like, I need to work on my disability and stuff like that. I'm like, well, you need to go up here on Freedom Drive. You need to go up here to the Valley Water Center because they're going to take care of you. And they're going to take care of you quick. Are you on commission? Is that what's going? Is that what's going on here? You know, it's not. You know, I, I'm not on commission anything, but I, I believe in you know that that building and the people that work there because you know 
I'm, I'm a product of it. You know, me brand new to Charlotte, my wife is a product of it. And I, I have no bad words to say about it. All the services were great, the people were great. I mean, and I got I got lasting networks that I'm continuing to use, you know, and that's important to me and I'm, you gotta have those. Thank you very much. No problem. Kelly, any final thoughts on our conversation today? Yeah, you know, I, I, I loved talking about this space. I think it truly highlights just what we're trying to achieve with this podcast to understand how a building can go from a shopping center to an amazing community resource, a building where people can seek all kinds of services. Buildings are so much more than just a shell. They are truly a place to meet people where they are. And I think a lot of times we forget that we pass by these buildings and we don't think twice about them. But the way buildings are designed and the way that they get used and filled with the people that come into them every day is unique in, in, in each way. And so I love that this particular space, the Valerie Woodard Center, is truly meeting people where they are and improving the lives of those who come. Well, Kelly, if the Valerie Woodard Center could talk, what would it say? I think it would say this community matters. Whatever you need, whether it's veteran services or public health, I'm here to make Charlotte a better place to live. So I, as I was thinking about this, I was wondering, is there a song lyric somewhere in all of the songs that have ever been written and performed that, that the, the center would say? And you know what? I think there is. I think that the center would say, lean on me when you're not strong and I'll be your friend. I'll help you carry on for it won't be long till I'm gonna need somebody to lean on. Kelly and I would like to thank our guests, Mark Hahn, Mary Sullivan, Yolanda Griffin, and Trent Hobbs, our sponsor, Ortho Carolina, Brian Baltasevich and his team at Queen City Podcast Network, and Heather McQuilkin, our chief of staff at Little, who does all the behind the scenes work to make this podcast happen, as well as doing our introductory voiceovers. Thanks for listening to If Buildings Could Talk, and we'll look forward to having you join us for the next episode.